you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Spencer, he called me on Friday, I think it was, and said, hey, I'm going to be in town, going to drop in for a visit, surprise, and uh, so I returned that, surprise, you're preaching, and so we're glad to have Spencer with us today, Caitlin wasn't able to be here with him, but I want you to open your heart, he is doing great things in Durham, North Carolina, and uh, those of you that know him heavily upon him, and we're just honored to have him here today. He's going to open his heart and the word of the Lord to us, and I want you to open your heart to the word of the Lord today and receive the word. How many of you is going to help the preacher today? All right, put your hands together and welcome the man for the hour. Come and preach to us. We love you, Spencer. Praise the Lord, everybody.
never met you yet. And uh, welcome to Christian Life Church. We're glad you're here. Amen. Amen. And then there's a lot of people that I think I've got to reintroduce myself to you today because I'm not sure who you are. today. Zach's married. Drew's married. Branson and Michaela are married. Ethan's married. Marissa's married. What in the world has happened? Scott's 50. best for different purposes and the potter asks himself 
will you this time respond to my touch? He's reached into the clay and he's, he's pulled it out to begin making a vessel. And as, as the prophet Jeremiah stands here, you know, that's an unusual place for God to call the prophet. Go to the potter's house. I'm going I'm to speak to you something at the potter's house. And he, as he stands somewhere in the corner of this room, looking upon each element of each area, he sees the moment that the clay is ready. And, and the scripture says in the fourth verse, and the vessel that he made of the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel and seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. I want to preach to you this morning on marred in the hand of the potter. Marred in the hand of the potter. As, as we pray this morning, I'm going to preach the word of God before the move of God that will happen before we leave this place. Shauna and, and Sam have been on my heart so much. And when I, when I heard that she had been taken to the hospital, we were praying for them last night and just thanking and praying about them again today on my way here. And I know there's many needs. I know there's many that are out sick. But I wonder if as we would maybe set our Bibles down and lift our hands to heaven, if we could call their name out right now. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you that you brought us here into your house. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for each person that you have so destined to be here this morning. Lord, we pray right now that you'd reach into every life and heart. And God, as we stand in your house, we think of Shauna and Sam, and we pray your healing upon them, your peace over the children and their family and their loved ones. You're more than able. You're the great physician. We're calling on you right now, asking that you would enter into that room and do a work. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. The, the potter had a vision for, for this clay. When, when he looked upon the clay, in that clay, he, he saw a vessel. It, it was not yet a vessel. It was, it was base in its nature. It was, it was just the basic elements that made up a vessel. There were a lot of steps before the clay would become a vessel. And, and as he spins it, and, and in that day, it, it wasn't a motorized thing. It was actually a, a time-consuming and, and, and heavy task to, to make a piece of pottery. On, on one part of the wheel, there, there was a pole. And, and the same person, that this, the potter that was, that was beginning to form the clay, was also responsible for spinning the wheel. And so you can picture that potter as, as looking upon this potential vessel that is in the center of that wheel, the clay that was upon that wheel, he envisions what it was that that piece of pottery was going to become. He had in his mind desires for that vessel. 
perhaps as he molds the vessel, he begins to picture the purpose, the unique purpose that that vessel might fulfill. Every vessel was slightly different. Vessels varied in size. They varied in thickness. They varied in substance. They were painted in different ways. Some were honorable and some were dishonorable. They, some were used in king's houses and some were used just basically for the washing of hands and, and even the washing of feet. And, and, and there, were, there were vessels utilized for all purposes. There were vessels that were holy vessels that were made in a peculiar way to be used by the priesthood. And, and so as this potter is forming the vessel and he looks into the, into the eyes, into the, into the, the eyes of that vessel, he, he, he perhaps begins to picture what it is that this vessel can become. And, and I can see him in the moment that as it spins that the vessel is marred. That's a unique use of word. And, and, and that's a unique happening that, that's unique to pottery. That, that as it spins and as he presses upon it, the, the, the substance of the clay is not responding to the way that the potter would expect it to respond. He, he applies pressure and expects it to begin to form upward or outward. And, and rather than form in the way that he intends it, it's as if the potter is in warfare with the clay. He has to push and when it should go up, it goes down. When it should go out, it goes in. And in the moment that the, that the pottery is marred, you, you can picture it as it bends inward. As, as the upper half, the opening of the vessel bends inward. And now this piece of pottery that was intended to be beautiful, perhaps he was in the middle of forming a handle or a spout and, and had great vision for the purpose of this vessel. As, as, as he molds it, you see it become bent and, and, and unfit for use, turned inward, and, and what the scripture says marred. And today, people do this stylistically. Um, vessels are, are, are made a little bit differently than, than they were made in that day. I've, I've been at stores with my wife where my wife would point out a, a piece of pottery and say, man, I love that. And I'm looking at the thing, and it's got wobbles in it. And, and it looks like that the potter made a mistake. But because in a day of injection molding and 3D printing and so on and so forth, they, they can make it in a different way that, it, that its integrity is not compromised. But, but in that day, as it is bent inward, the, the thickness of the pottery is varying in size and, and as it is marred, it can no longer be trusted to hold that which was intended to be put inside of it. And, and, and the issue, the fear of the potter is that if it quickly hardens this way, it, it will become unable to be changed. And so at that point, he cannot simply add water to it and, and, and start again can't take a hardened vessel, break it up, and figure out a way to use it. At the point that it is hardened and unable for use, 
he, he's forced to do nothing but to, to cast it out. And, and, and when cast out, it is broken in, into thousands of little tiny pieces, what, what the scripture calls pot shards, shards of, of pottery that, that never fulfilled their designated purpose. Pieces of, of, of a broken vessel, dreams of the potter of what that vessel could have been, and, 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 and vision that the potter had for that vessel, that, 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 that vessel was never able to become broken pieces that lay on the ground as, as, as that vessel was, is no longer able to be used. And as he looks upon this vessel in the moment that it bends inward, in the moment that it is marred, he asks the question, of, of the clay. Can I, can I make you new again? Will, will you allow me to, to, to reach out with, with my hands and begin to form you and begin to mold you? Or, or will you re, be resistant to my touch? Will, will, we, will we be resistant to the hand, to the molding and the forming of, of the potter? Will we become hardened too early and become nothing more than a broken pot shirt. The, the prophet Isaiah, he said, Woe unto them that strive with his maker. Let the pot shirts strive with the pot shirts of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashion it, What makest thou? Or, 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 or thy work, he hath no hands. It, it is not the, the place of that, that clay to begin to ask questions of the potter. But, a, but a, a vessel that has become hardened, we could even say hardened in its heart, rejects the molding and the forming of the potter's hand. And, and rather than just give himself and surrender to the potter, he begins to make comments and ask questions to the potter. Hold on a minute. What is it that you're making? Well, well did you notice that you forgot to put hands, you, for, you forgot to put a handle on, on, on the vessel. Did, did you notice that, that at the top of the vessel, I, I, I think that spout would be better suited a little bit longer. And, 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 and it's a sarcastic comment of the prophet Isaiah because the, the, pot, the pottery, the, 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 the preformed clay does not have the place to ask the potter what he's making. The scripture tells us that the Lord's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so as he is forming the clay and the clay becomes resistant to the potter, in frustration the potter says, let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. In other words, in its hardened state, it would never be good for anything. It had become resistant to the hands of the potter. And so this piece of clay, through the eyes of the prophet Jeremiah, is given an, a choice of whether or not it will allow the potter to make him again, or if it will too soon become hardened and un, unable to be molded by the potter. And, and so in, in modern day, this scene kind of looks strange to us, but in that day, the prophet Jeremiah knew exactly what he was looking at. 
scripture tells us that he is our potter and we are the clay. Or, or he, he, he is the potter and we are the clay. And, 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 and so we, we, we understand what we, we, what we see when we see this potential vessel being formed and marred and, and coming to this moment of decision. And, and it was likely that, that just outside of this potter's house was, was the potter's field. And, and the field was the place that the potter would go out and begin to dig and begin to dig for clay. And when he would find clay, he would extract it and he would, he, he, he would dig it out and he would draw the clay from the ground and, 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 and he would pile that into, into a, a basket or a vessel and take it inside. And, and, and that was clay that was going to be used for the purpose of making pottery. And and as he digs out the clay from from this potter's field, it is it is ruining the field of any ability to be fit for use. You see the the clay contains the 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 nutrients necessary in order for that field to be utilized for anything else. And so what would often happen is, is once the potter had, had finished his work, hung up the cloth and, and moved on, and that land would be sold, they, they would have to find uses for that land other than that of, of, of sowing and reaping. And, and so we find that nearly 800 years later, that the chief priests whose pockets were lined with, with blood money, the, 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 the silver that, that Judas was paid to sell out Jesus, that they understood that they could not put that silver into the house of God. It would be unlawful. It would be unwise. They, they would cause a curse to come upon themselves. And, and so they asked amongst themselves, what are we to do with this silver? And, and the scripture says in Matthew, and they took counsel together and, 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 and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. And, and so they purchased this potter's field with, with this dirty money that was used to sell out Jesus. Just directly before Judas commits suicide, Judas goes unto these chief priests and he said, I've sinned. I've taken this money. I've, I've been involved in betrayal. He was innocent. He is not a guilty man. And he casts the silver upon them. And, and many believe that that potter's field was the place that Judas would hang his head in death. And perhaps even his body would, in, in some sense, be buried or, or disintegrate break down into that ground. And 
And so in this place of the potter's field, it was no longer fit for the use of pottery. And it's no longer fit for the use of, of sowing and reaping. And so they've made the decision that in this field of blood, we're going to bury the unknown person. We're going to bury the stranger. It, it's going to be a place of burial for, for the poor and the unclaimed bodies of injustice. This is going to be the place when, when, when a body does not have a, a tomb or a burial plot. This is going to be the place that those unnamed and unknown bodies would be buried. And if you can picture it, it's a desolate place. It is a place just outside of the potter's house that here these many, many years later has become a barren wasteland full of holes dug in the ground and a place that nothing can flourish or grow, trenches that were once dug by the hand of the potter. And, and when we go back to, to this place just some odd 800 years before, not necessarily this particular place, but when we find ourselves in a potter's house, we find that that Jeremiah is given an alternative future for the people of God. Because the first question is whether or not that the potter would allow itself to be made again. But the alternative future that Jeremiah sees and that God shows him in the 19th chapter, just the next chapter, the 10th verse, he says, Then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of men that go with thee. In other words, the vessel would be broken into these potsherds. And, and shall say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and the city as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet till there be no place to bury. In other words, this alternative future for the resistant clay that would refuse the hand of the potter, it, it, it would become broken shards and and rejected pieces scattered across the field in a place that nameless bodies would be buried uh, until there would be no room to bury more bodies. A very desolate place. In fact, it's the same place that when we read the story of Job and his body is full of boils and, and he's, he is in turmoil and great despair and sorrow and, and the scripture tells us that he's in a place that, that he is taking potsherds and scraping the boils off of his skin. And he is in absolute sorrow and despair. That's the kind of place where Job found himself. This, this embodies absolute desolation. A, a place lacking hope and a place la lacking purpose. And, and Jeremiah understood the, the weight of this alternative future. That either the, the clay would say unto the potter, you can mold me, you can make me, I will be made new again. Or the clay would become hardened in its heart, broken as potsherds across the field, dead bodies buried, nameless and without purpose. And, and, and in this desolate place would, 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 would be the stench of, 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 of bodies that are, that are rotting and could have, could have been named and could have been known and, and, and could have been purposed, 
but instead this place has become a barren wasteland. Two futures, one where the vessels are gathered for use in the house of God and an alternative future where, where, where the vessels cannot be used for God's eternal service, but they would be broken, never used and without purpose. And it is in this field that lies the blood and the body and the silver blood money of Judas. Because Judas was a, was a clay that was in the midst of being formed, walking and talking under the ministry of Jesus, having the opportunity to ask questions and having the opportunity to be a part of, of God's in-person discourse. He, he, he was fully exposed to the love of God and, and with his own eyes saw the purpose of God and, and, and had every opportunity to, 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 to be given grace and to ask questions and to be authentic with Jesus. But, 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 but he had become hardened in his heart. Jealous, hardened, unfit for use in the purpose of God. And in making the decision to reject the hand of the potter, this is the alternative future where Judas found himself. The very same future that through the words of the prophet were given to the people of God. What future, Israel, are you going to choose? Can I form you? Can I make you again? Or will you become hardened in your heart? And, and as those 800 years before, as the eyes of the potter draw into that vessel, and as he thinks to himself this question, I'm, I'm drawn to the fact that when, when, when the clay was marred and bent inward and, and broken and not yet molded into the totality of the potter's vision, that, that in that moment that the potter could have decided that that clay was not going to be able to be formed. It's not the right consistency. It's just not quite the right substance. Uh, let me cast that to the wayside and, and, and let me reach down into the, in, 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 into the bag and, and pull out new clay for a new vessel. That was not the decision that the potter made in that moment. In fact, the potter gives the clay the option. And instead of throwing the clay away, he asks it, can I make you new again? This is a profound picture. In fact, you can teach a whole Bible study from this concept regarding the state of God's people and the decision that they were going to have to make and, and, and were they going to allow him to make them a new vessel or would he have to find another vessel fit for use? It, it, it's an incredible study and, and as you begin to dig into it, you find that, that, that he does find himself a new vessel. He, he, he decides that, that in this alternative future of the state of Israel, that the Gentile people were a people that were fit for use, that, that could be molded, that were palpable to, to the, the hand of the Lord. And, and, and so there's a, there's, a, there's a profound and complex Bible study in, in these verses. 
But, but today as we read them, I think we find more than, than, than just scriptural and historical reference for the state of the people of God and, 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 their, and then their potential future and then their decision to, find, to, to, to sell out Jesus. We, we, we actually find more than that in these passages. We find ourselves as clay that the potter is in the midst of forming. We find ourselves as clay being asked by the potter, can I form you? Will you be molded? Will you be palpable? Or will you be hardened in your heart? Here's what I'm saying this morning. There is no better place to be marred than in the hand of the potter. I, I know that I'm a marred vessel. I, I know that I'm broken and I'm desolate and I have issues in, 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 in the substance of, of, my, of my clay. I, I, I know that, that, that before me I have not yet made a choice. But the potter didn't discard it. The potter gave it an option. Will you be made new? I know you're twisted and broken and bent inwards. And I know right now you're unfit for use. But, but would you just not let your heart be hardened? Because I've got a picture of, of a purpose that I want to I use you for. I, I, I want to fill you up with my spirit. I, I want to make you a vessel that is fit for use in the king's palace. I don't want you to be discarded as a pot shirt in the piles of brokenness and bitterness. I want to use you for my purpose. And the more pure and the more beautiful the vessel, the more difficult the process of that clay. As that potter, he digs it up from the ground the first thing that he does is he has to begin to beat it until it becomes soft and, and, and until it becomes palpable. He adds, he adds amounts of water and he, he beats it and he attempts to, to begin to form it in its hardened state so that it can even become the initial components used. And, and then once he's got it to a place that it can be placed on the wheel, it is both placed on the wheel and spent and it is also pushed on and molded by and formed and 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 and, and it is it is it is manipulated. In other words, moved on by the hands, by by the hands of the potter. That's that's not a fun process. In fact, it's a mind-numbing process. It is a place where many people, many children of God, have found themselves. And, 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 and it is not our place to ask the potter what he's making. It's not our place to ask the potter what it is that he's doing. It's our place to submit to the hands of, that, of the potter and, and say, God, I, I don't know what you're making. And, and I don't know what you're doing. And, and, and it's not my place to tell you how I see it or how I think it should be done. I, I, I'm just going to allow myself to be molded and shaped by your hands. Many of children of God have found themselves in the whirlwind of the potter's wheel, feeling like we're spinning in circles. 
feeling like we're surrounded by chaos, whether the chaos of sickness or, or financial difficulty or calamity or, or just interpersonal struggles or, or whatever that might look like for you, we have all found ourselves in a position that we don't know or understand what the potter is doing. It is, a, it is a spinning whirlwind. It is a disorienting reality to be on the potter's, on, on the potter's wheel. But he, he pushes it and he, he molds it and he forms it and he spins it at, at varying speeds. And, and then once it has become what he's intended for it to become, he, he sits it out in the sun. As if all that wasn't enough, then the sun beats down on it. And, 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 and clay that is not fit for use will crack under, under the heat of the sun. Some people get so far in the relationship with God. And they've gone through so much and prevailed through so much. And, and then when the potter sits it out in the sun, we, we find that clay that was not fit for the potter's use will crack just under the mere heat of the sun. But it cannot be placed directly from the, the potter's wheel into the furnace. It, 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 there, there is a time that it has to dry out under, under the conditions of, of this world, under, under the, the beaming sunlight of the sun. And, and then once it has become firm enough to be placed into that kennel, in, 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 into that, that, that flaming fire, then at that point the fire begins to harden that vessel. Once hardened, you see the hotter that they turn up that heat and the longer that it remains in that furnace, the more hard, the more firm, the more fit for use, the more able to be used for service that vessel becomes. And, and, and I'm speaking to people in this room that have been through things in our lives. I, I'm talking to people that have faced calamity and sickness and, 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 and doctor's reports that are concerning and, and family issues and backslidden children and loved ones that have walked away from, from God and financial difficulties and, and job situations and, 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 and it can feel so disorienting and confusing and, and, and God, what is it that you're, you're trying to do? But, but I propose to us today that we don't question the potter. We, we don't ask the potter, God, God, what is it that you're trying to make? But we, we choose the future that, that God, I, I know I'm warped. I know I'm broken. And I know you've got imperfections. You've got to work out of me. But God, take me into your hands and make me fit for your use. Mold me and make me and break me. And, and when you have to, put me in the sun and put me in the furnace and, and do what you've got to do. I want to be who you made me to be, God. This creator, God, this, this potter, he, he reaches into the clay in the, in the book of Genesis and, and out of it he extracts a man and, and he begins to form and to make that man and, and, and before we ever hear the words of the prophet Jeremiah or before we 
ever hear the account of Isaiah or before we ever hear of the potter's field in the book of Matthew, we, we, we find that God is the potter and that we are the clay. And the work that he was doing in Genesis, ladies and gentlemen, it's not fulfilled now. It's not fulfilled next year. This isn't about promotions and opportunities and, 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 and earthly experiences. This is about the fact that in this place, God is preparing me to be a vessel in that kingdom. Hallelujah. He, he, he's preparing me so that I can be filled and I can be of use in, in that place. He, he's preparing me so that I, I will be accepted into the king's house. And so there's, there's, a, there's a dual nature of the process because, because as God's forming us, yes, he, he does make us vessels for this present day. Yes, he does fill us with his spirit so we can be poured out and used for, for the purpose of his present kingdom. But, but, but above all that, he's making us fit for his house. I don't want to forfeit that process. I, I know it's easier to step off the potter's wheel, to fall to the ground, and to break where I might be hardened. That, that's not as difficult as enduring the chaotic spinning of the potter's wheel and the intensified pressure of the potter's hand and the heat of the kelm and the heat of the sun. I, I know it's a lot easier to forfeit the process, but, but don't give up, child of God. We, we ought not not to, to forfeit the hand of God. He, he's purifying some things. He, he's fixing some pride that is in my heart. He, he's rooting out some, some sin that I didn't even realize was in the vessel. He, he, he's, he's working out of me some of the inconsistencies of the clay so that I can be fit for his house. Hallelujah. Can we clap our hands to the Lord this morning? I want you to stand with me across this room. These aren't words intended to be poetic or stick with you this morning. These are words to somebody that, that we've acknowledged our brokenness. And we, we, we might even come into this house this morning realizing how deeply marred that we are. But, but I'm begging you that when you're marred, don't go out to the heat of the sun and the elements of this world and allow yourself to be hardened before the potter can finish his work. Let the potter do his work. There's no better place to be marred than the potter's house. I know we're twisted, but but I I, I wouldn't want to be twisted any other place than in the hands of a of a gracious and a merciful and a loving father. There is not one of us in this house that are fit for that. There's not one of us that are worthy or able by our own by our own doings and our own works to be ready for that king. But there's a potter that's doing the work. And the scripture says that, that we shall be like him. But we are not yet. In fact, what we see now when we look around us is, is we see our brokenness. We, we see our despair. We see our toilings and our frailty, but, but, but don't
Yeah, it takes decades. It, it takes years. It, 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 in fact, it takes a lifetime. It, it, an 85-year-old vessel, it's still being worked on. A, a vessel that's been in the house of God and, and, and been filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're, just, you're brand new to the presence of the, of the Lord. Don't get in a hurry. I don't want to get a in a hurry in God's presence. I don't want to get in a hurry in the potter's house. God, do your work. Lord, do what you've got to do. This isn't about a destination. This is about a journey. I'm not trying to get to the next destination in my life or on my job or for my family. I'm trying to get to that destination. And then the whole time, the potter is pushing and forming and working. Let not our hearts be hardened. The Lord's speaking to somebody in this house, and I believe this morning we've come into the potter's house, and the Lord is more than able to do the work. I, I, I love each of you. There's so many people I want to give honor. There, there's so many good people, and, I, and I'm, I look forward to the fellowship this afternoon and seeing more tonight. But right now, in this moment, God, God is speaking to somebody's heart. I don't know if, if, if you're the marred vessel or if you feel like you've been on the potter's wheel too long or if you've been standing out in the sun being hard. I, I don't know where you find yourself in the process. In the process. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling us this morning to trust the hands of the potter. I know it's easy for me to say, Sister Shauna and Brother Sam are watching online and been facing this difficulty and cancer, Lord, that nobody wants to hear. And, and we can ask questions, God, what are you doing? God, God how, why doth the wicked prosper? How, how is it that faithful and good people, uh, Jason, I think of you this morning and the years that you've battled sickness and, and been weak in your body and I, I think of others that have that have faced various things and Sister Rick Rinnick when she came through her sickness and and, and, and and other people that have faced calamities in their family and difficulties and, and, and financial issues and, and lost jobs and lost wages and, 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 and all sorts of calamity but I'm telling you this morning and, and I know it's easy for me to say but you know what I'm a marred vessel too and, and God's got to take me through the process too. I'm telling us today, we've got to trust the hands of the potter. I know you don't feel like the first. You feel like the last. But the last is going to be first in that kingdom. I'm okay being the last that gets off the potter's wheel. Why don't you come to the front of this room this morning? Or if you can't find a place right now that you can begin to call on God, the Lord's doing a work this morning. God, I want you to form me. I want you to mold me, and I want you to make me. We don't know the things people go through on a private level. We, we don't know the private difficulties and calamities that people next to us are facing. But I'm telling us this morning, we're all on that wheel. And God's doing the work. Come on, don't forfeit this time with the Lord this morning. Find that place. 
Talk to God. He hears you. He's in this house. He's working on our hearts and, and, and he's, he's manipulating and forming and molding and strengthening. God, make me over in your presence. Lord, even when it's hard to trust you, I trust you, God. Lord, even when I can't see what you're making, I trust you, Lord.
the pain. Trust the heartache. Trust the struggle. It's God's purpose. Forming in you. Forming in my life. made a decision to be baptized. The angels in heaven rejoiced over that, that decision to repent. The church ought to rejoice this morning over somebody making a decision to be baptized. Come on, give the Lord praise in this house this morning. Lift your voice with that hand clap. Come on, let's thank the Lord for what he's doing. If you're in the room this morning and you have repented of your sins, water. We have everything prepared for you. We have clothes for you. If you want to make that decision right now, why don't you just bow your heads with me right where you are. God, I feel you're still speaking to hearts this morning in this room. 
God, we have been called to a point and a place of decision by your word so beautifully preached into my heart and my life today. Lord, I pray that you give courage to every person in this room right now. Lord, as we stand at the place of decision, Lord, only you can change a man's heart. Only 